Hello and welcome back to the Scene Podcast. This week is the final instalment of our Reload trilogy for this season. Uh, we're going to try and do um, a little collection of reloads every season to kind of signpost backwards through our archives, so look out for those. Um, but before we get to this week's Reload, you know what's coming up. Are you a writer? Because at the Scene Podcast, we like to take new writing that might find its way onto fringe theatre stages or scratch nights, sharing forums, that sort of thing, and make them digital. Because, you know, we think they deserve that. Why should they live and die on stage alone? Digital theatre is what we're talking about here. So if you've got a tiny play or a part of a play that you've written, you should send it in to us. And you can do that via the website. This week, we're going to listen to... Four Glasses by Marshall Veniar. Four friends meet regularly to share their witticisms and their woes on the difficulties of getting pregnant. This podcast contains some discussion about gender identity and infertility that some listeners might be sensitive to. So please take care while you're listening. So here it is. This is Four Glasses by Marshall Veniar. You know, even if it works, there is no guarantee that that's your baby inside of you. Oh, please, think about it. For most people, you decide who you want to sleep with and you let them... uh, Come. Yeah, inside of you. And then you get pregnant and you can be sure that, A, that you are the mother and, B, who is the man responsible with perhaps a small margin of confusion, sure. Well, our way, sperm's frozen in one place at one time, an egg is extracted from you on an entirely different day, on an entirely different ward, and then both the egg and the sperm have to be labelled correctly. By some adolescent tampon half-term, for all we know. Right? And then any embryos that emerge from those potentially correctly labelled bits then have to be labelled themselves. And then you have to count on this stuff being transported from an NHS hospital to a a private clinic without it getting mixed up with someone else's. That's a lot of room for error, actually, isn't it, when you compare it to a shag? Christ, she's right. I mean, I fuck something up at work at least once a week. Right, it happens. I've read articles. When it failed, did they give you the spiel about how the first time is diagnostic? Mm-hmm. No mention of that beforehand, was there? Among all the smiles and the photos and chats about how great our chances were. And the business card for your doctor's private clinic? Did you get one of those? Oh, yeah. Literally, she was offering me her condolences. She was salivating as she handed it to me. Mm. My guy told me that I was young when I started the IVF process, but now, after the waiting list... Sales technique. Inject a little urgency into the deal. Don't think too long about parting with your cash. Our NHS specialist was uh, Russian. You know, a a thick, thick accent. I can barely understand the word he says throughout the whole process. But then, as soon as he started talking about his private clinic, you know, he turns into Benedict fucking Cumberbatch. (laughs) Imagine being entirely faithful to your husband and ending up with another man's baby. Imagine growing inside of you a baby that is your husband's, but with some other woman. Or neither of yours at all. 
Or imagine it all failing again and again and coming to terms with life without children, but then never being entirely confident that some other couple in London aren't inadvertently raising you and your partner's child. Fucking hell. Anyone heard from Becca since? Nah. One of us will get the godmother invitation soon. Standard. Apologies I got knocked up when you can't. Gesture. That'd be my third. Two baptisms, one circumcision, three baby grow bouquets, three sentimental handwritten cards on how delighted I am to be a surrogate part of somebody else's fully formed fucking family. Four for me. When I sign it to Amazon now, it suggests that, uh, oh, would you be interested in purchasing breast pumps and Moses baskets? <laughs> I've had to start adding, like, poisonous chemicals to my basket to throw it off the scent. <laughs> What's Becca having, a boy or a girl? I don't know, but you can't ask that anymore. Oh, that's right, isn't it? What, what do you mean you can't ask? You've got to be hypersensitive when it comes to gender stereotypes at the moment. I mean hypersensitive. Gender fluidity. You can't define people as being a boy or a girl. The other day on the radio they were talking about people who menstruate. Eh? So, so what do you say? I think the politically correct thing to ask is what sex chromosomes a person has. Oh, piss off. That's what someone told me last week. I mean, it might have changed. Oh, all right. So what sex chromosomes does Becca's baby have? She just sent me a photo of the scan with no message. It genuinely is the second after those two pink lines pop up on that piss stick that lose any sense of empathy, isn't it? And they'd staple that plate-sized baby on board badge to themselves months before it's necessary, like it's some purple fucking heart. I mean, they know they don't need that seat, but they're entitled to it, so they'll smugly stare you out. I mean, I've stopped moving. There's not a chance her embryo weighs more than the six Nutella crumpets I ate last night. <laughs> I had uh, dinner with Vicky and Claire last week, and Vicky, uh, you know, uh, polycystic Vicky, said out loud to my face that now she's pregnant she realizes that bearing a child is the most important and naturally satisfying thing that a woman can do to my face oh, oh no haven't you heard kath it's fine to say things like that as long as you caveat it with you'll see oh, yeah. and a sympathetic clutch of the arm because the confidence that they have that things will eventually go right for you makes it fine for them to flaunt their own this is the problem. Sometimes I think to myself, why do I even want a baby? I can't stand them. But then I remind myself, it's not actually the babies I hate. It's their PR team. A bunch of clucking, self-absorbed twats who act like they've been handpicked by some higher power and eternally sorry for you. <laughs> and those baby on board car stickers, what are they for? Seriously? Like, I've never known. Is it to make you feel guiltier if you have an accident or...? There for people like me to know who to avoid giving way to, Kath. I was at a hen-do last week, cocktail-making course. Ten guests, six of them were inflated. I drank their share of cocktails. Then we go on to a restaurant for dinner and I have a little chat with myself in the toilet mirror. You know, agree to be sociable. So I sit down and look at the menu and decide to have the soup. And I turn to the girl next to me and I ask, what are you having? And she caresses her belly with both hands in that way they do. And says, oh, we don't know. Just as long as it's healthy. Oh. I told her to fuck off. Left in tears. The wedding's in August. Oh. 
Have you noticed those soft bits in their heads where the skull hasn't fused yet? Whenever somebody passes me theirs now, I can't take my eyes off it. Sometimes it pulses. I won't look twice at the face, the eyes, but I'll stare for minutes at that soft bit of the head. A human brain. And nothing thicker than the skin of some fruit protecting it. <laughs> it makes my knees buckle that something that alive and new could be that fragile. It's throbbing detonation button right at the top of its head. Hmm? No, I've not. Mm. How's Joe doing? You know when people talk about how it's not a fear of heights that people have, it's actually a fear that something within them will mean that they'll just kind of jump. Or when you see a big red button that says, Danger, do not press. And you suddenly have this overwhelming desire to just... God, let's get a drink. I know it's early, but God, I need a gin. Um, two G&Ts, please. Oh, no, no, not for me. Thanks. <laughs> she will. Two G&Ts. Uh, no, um, I'll have a cup of tea, please. Have a drink, Cathy. <laughs> have a fucking drink with me, Kath. Look, Sam, I... <sighs> That's why you suggested brunch, isn't it? But this psychotic wino wanted a drink anyway. Congratulations. Sweetheart, I'm so sorry. Don't apologise. I'm not some... <laughs> I can't see you. I'm... I don't think I can sit here and have a meal with you right now. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Look, I, I understand. I... You shouldn't have let me say that stuff about the red button. you real bitch for letting me say that stuff. Psychopath for me. It was inevitable, wasn't it, I suppose? That one of us would have to sit here and act consoling while the other one has a fucking breakdown. And it's me, and that's fine, but you... You don't know what... We, we don't have to do this now. All right, let's, let's give it a few days. Try it again next week. I, I'm still here. No, no, I, I'll call you when I'm ready. Oh, oh, Sam, please don't hate me. Look, I haven't done this to... I don't hate you. I hate... Look, I'm only seven weeks... There's still a good chance that this will all go wrong anyway. Oh, fuck you, Cathy. I'm, I'm sorry, just... Don't make me into some person who sits alone at home wishing miscarriages on people. I can't do this right now. I still know how you feel. I do. Send my love to Alison Becker, won't you? Look, you'll be right behind me. I, I can feel it. You'll see. Poor Sam. Heartbreaking. I just I just love the imagery in this play of those four glasses that go down to three, go down to two, go down to one. So simple and so sad. And everything that that imagery represents about, you know, moving through life, changing your priorities, not seeing your friends so much if you've decided to have a family. And I love that line from Kathy about putting poisonous chemicals into her Amazon basket to throw, <laughs> throw it off the scent. I get a lot of storage and stationary recommendations. So that tells you everything you need to know about me. Four Glasses was written by Marshall Veniar. It starred Emma Stannard as Kath, Valencia Spearpoint as Alice, 
Kate Martin as Becca and me, Sassy Clyde, as Sam. And I also did the sound design. Our theme song is by Emma McGrath. It was produced by Jano Media in association with Get Over It Productions. And one more time, if you've got a script, send it in to us so we can podify the heck out of it and it can live freely on the internet forever. Bye. Oh,